0: Welcome to the Best Podcast Available, Training Camp Edition. Here are your hosts, Jason Gibbs, Andrew Gribble, and Nick Shook. And we welcome you in to Episode 2, Day 2 of the Best Podcast Available, Training Camp Edition. I'm Jason Gibbs. He's Andrew Gribble. He's Nick Shook. Sunscreen's working. All is well. Gribble's wearing a hat. He's got his protection. All is well. You're not seeing this hair
1: till September. Just making it clear, because the hat is pivotal, because it it not only keeps the head, which I'm not going to put sunblock on my head with a head of hair. I mean, that's gross, but, you know, it it just blocks the face. It it does the trick. Fair. It's it's an excuse to wear a hat for a month in the office. I'm fine with it.
0: I, I don't have a Browns bucket hat, but I have a bucket hat that was sent to me by a buddy from Afghanistan, so I wear that one. And I really don't care how it looks or what it looks. It's doing its job, which is keeping my dome from looking like a stop sign. I have to give a special shout-out to
2: Dave Freeman for supplying me with a new Training Camp Browns bucket hat after I got that sunburn the other day. It's been (laughs) crucial for the first two days, keeping the sun off my um, hairless dome. Unlike Gribble, I do slather myself in the sunscreen. It
0: doesn't always work the best. Day two, touch football. Tomorrow, in pads. In pads. Let's get to the takeaways of the day. Gribble, we'll start with you. Your takeaway from day 2 of training camp.
1: I thought it was the overall vibe was a mixed bag. I mean, this was truly a day where you could you could make a cut-up of highlights that made it look like the offense was awesome, and then you could make a cut-up of highlights that made it look like the defense was awesome. It was truly kind of a a 50-50 kind of day, uh, and it was really the best stretch for the offense, I think, came in a couple parts. Early in the practice, Baker got about three straight first downs, throwing to players not named Odell and Jarvis Landry, which is even more encouraging to me. It just shows you how deep this this group of playmakers is. And then later in the practice, in seven on sevens, four straight touchdowns. That's that's good. I mean, seven on sevens are geared to give the offense an advantage, but he was making tough throws during that period, uh, not not taking easy things in the flat he was he was testing himself and, and they were on the money and great catches by David Njoku and, and some others
2: you know I would even add a third uh, positive period for them or at least part of a period which is when they did a a, a red zone drill late in team uh, in the team portion of practice where I, I thought the offense did a good job of executing multiple touchdown passes to David Njoku that kind of thing um, they were finding different ways to get the ball in the end zone Against a defense that had played very well for most of the day, so yeah, there, it, it, he's he's right. I mean, there was there was some moments that were good for both sides, but I think if you had to go in the bigger picture, you say that the defense probably has won so far. But it's not you know there's not a big gap between
0: the two, and you can tell there's talent everywhere. Well, I think that's the real surprising thing is normally the defense has a has a pretty sizable lead at this point in camp because offense, you know, they're still trying to figure out the offensive game plan, or somehow the offense is way ahead because they know where they're going on their routes and the defense hasn't figured it out yet. It's usually one or the other. You said it. It's interesting that it's almost even, and Gribble, you, you hit on it. There, are, You can make cut-ups. There were points where the defense just dominated in 11-on-11, There were points where the offense just took over, though, and especially at the end when Freddie brought the first team back out for the final play of practice.
1: Yeah, uh, offense won that one, and I think Miles. I saw Miles Garrett was not happy about it. He, I I thought for a second he was hurt, but he was just mad. You know, so uh, we we saw him reacting that way. But you know, it's it's just interesting. The one big difference, and this is where you feel like this defense is maybe ready to take the next step, is we're seeing balls batted at the line of scrimmage. And that is something you don't see, you hadn't seen very often around here. And it's also something you don't see from Baker Mayfield very often. I mean, I know people wanted to point at his height when he came out and worried about getting balls bad down the line of scrimmage. The stats show it's actually the opposite. Some of the tallest quarterbacks in the league have issues with getting balls bad at the line of scrimmage. And that's not something he does. And he was getting frustrated about it today. And I think that it's just showing what these defensive linemen know how to do, especially in, in a period where they can't get sacks, quote unquote, that they know are true sacks. They can disrupt the plays in other ways.
2: Yeah, it was so frustrating that at one point Baker kind of just said out loud, you know, can we get a pass beyond the defensive line? You know, maybe those weren't the exact words. But, you know, he he was a little annoyed by it, and I can understand because every time you go to try to connect with a receiver, you can't even get the ball, you know, more than two yards in front of you. Eh, It's a bit of an issue. But, you know, Coach, Freddie Kitchen said today as well, that's probably going to go down a little bit once they put the pads on because as, as an offensive lineman, there's really only one way to get a defensive lineman's hands down, and it's to go toward more of his uh, um, vulnerable areas and, and make him naturally react and bring him down, and you can't do that until the pads are on, so maybe that'll go away a little bit in the next few days.
1: Yeah, no, it's just, it's just been a good mix, and I've liked what we've seen from the practice field so far, and it's just, like you like we said yesterday, a crisp, I think JC Treder called it a crisp practice. It's got some flow to it, and it. It gives you entertainment almost in each segment. Basically, every every thirty minutes, something something good is going on.
0: The other smaller things that I think stood out to me from the day: uh, greedy Williams had himself a nice little day today uh, in the secondary, and the back end of that wide receiver room. Uh, really, there's some good competition going on. There's a lot of things, and, and I know we we talk about Sheehy later on in the show yeah. with Nathan Zagura, but uh Ishmael Hyman Blake Jackson I mean there, there's a lot of guys making plays and making uh making their case for the back of that wide receiver room
1: yeah and something tells me if you've got elite wide receivers like Jarvis and Odell where the preseason you know might not matter as much for them you know wink wink you know yeah. I mean they're going to get some opportunities yeah if they if, if they're not going to play here they can maybe go play somewhere else I mean there's, there's going to be the opportunities out there there's always there's always a player or two at wide receiver that makes a name for himself here, it seems like, that doesn't end up making the team. Josh Lenzel. Yeah, I mean, there it's, it's just the way the preseason works, it sets it up that way. Uh, and I think there, there's a lot of candidates uh, for that position. Uh, and, and and we'll see. I, I Again, I'm very impressed by that back in that
0: group. Yeah, I would definitely agree. Kyle Kalis at guard today? Yeah, uh,
2: you know, it's a rotation. Day one was Austin Corbett at right guard. Uh, Kalis getting backup duty. Day two, he gets the right guard start. Corbett actually plays second team center while Eric Cush was playing right guard uh, on the second team. Cush played center for the second team yesterday uh, while Kalis played right guard. So we're going to continue to see these guys cycle in and out as they try to identify who a starter is going to be at right guard and also who has the potential to play center. I think right now if you asked who had the lead in the backup center role, I think it's Eric Cush. He's the only guy among that group who's got experience playing center in an actual NFL game so far. Uh, Kalis and Corbett kind of hard to judge because the pads aren't on but they're both good in different ways and uh, i'm just really excited for them to put the pads on so we can really start breaking down how
0: each is playing all right we will see the pads tomorrow gibbs gribs shook joined by the z that stands for
3: zagora what an honor to be back on the best podcast available
0: i'm thrilled (laughs) we are too good yeah let's have fun so there we go we got that going for us so uh, I tried coming up with three or four different games. It's hard to do when you've only had two days of practice, but we found a little ditty. No, not it, for a man it, of your caliber. Yeah, but you gotta, you have to underst- like I can't ask you questions about things when tackling's not involved, and it's hard to break down certain things. When it hasn't stopped other programs. Yeah, I mean, well, a, it really, no. y-
1: you can make any of the assumptions you want and conclusions.
0: Yeah, yeah. two days. Yeah, I'm not doing that today. I didn't feel like doing that today. So we we'll move on. We got uh, – uh, I got a few questions for all three of you. And we'll start with our celebrity segment and our celebrity, oh. Nathan Zagura. Who's ahead through two days, the
3: offense or defense, and why? Defense. Defense has been, I think, certainly the better side of the ball thus far. This front four is, is ridiculous. Their ability to generate pressure on the outsides, Miles Garrett and Vernon, and then Ogun, Joby, and Richardson up the middle. I think you look at the team settings – They've gotten the best. and sure there are going to be highlights with Odell, and you have a lot of talented players on offense they are going to make plays. But I think overall this defense, the tone being set up front and then the talent you're seeing on the back end with Denzel, Money Mitch I think is playing great. Uh, Greedy's playing great. Um, I think the defense has been the better side, and I thought it was so abundantly clear in, in today's session when in the seven-on-sevens the offense all of a sudden started you know, lighting them up. At one point they had four straight touchdown passes in the red zone, and then as soon as you went back to the team – it didn't happen, so that front four is getting it done.
1: Gribble. I, I don't have anything to add. I mean, I think he's completely right. I mean, it's it's really it, – it, I think it's a good thing, and I think the the key things that we've heard uh, – Jarvis Landry gave, gave a couple good answers about the defense, and the thing that he mentioned was the movement by the, the – when they're in the three safety look, it's causing the offense some issues. Because – the offense, while they're installing a new scheme, they're also not too familiar with what the defense is, is changing up. Maybe they got used to what last year's defense was doing because they'd been there for a couple of years. Uh, what they're getting, And then J.C. Treader later said they're throwing a lot at him. So I think that uh, while it could be troubling when you see it, your quarterback throw a couple interceptions in practice and miss misses Mark on a couple of others, uh, I think it's a good sign, and I agree with Nathan, that it, it really is, even though we haven't had any contact, I mean, it's clear that this defensive line is causing problems.
3: It is, and I'm glad he brought up the three-safety look because the versatility, and I was talking with uh, one of the defensive coaches, the versatility when they have Whitehead and Randall out there together, they both can do the same things. And what I mean by that is one time one of them can look like they're in the box but actually run back to the single high pre-snap and the single high comes down in the box and covers the slot. The versatility that both of them can cover as corners but also play safety has allowed them to be confusing pre and. They kind of show they're cheating one way, and then when the ball snap, they actually are both doing the opposite, and it is causing some problems. And you're seeing a couple where Baker thinks he knows pre-snap where he's going to go with the ball, but as he's going to go, he has to hold on to it, and by that time, when Miles and O.V. are there, it's over.
2: Yeah, I totally agree with that. It's a good point. You know, They've been able to disguise a lot of things with the versatility of the safeties, and I also think Baker has just largely looked uncomfortable, and not in a bad way. Not in a, oh, you should be concerned about the, the progression of your quarterback going into year two, but really, just this is a product of what the defense has done. The pass rush has been excellent. They've gotten pressure both in his face and off the edge. He's had to step up and escape the pocket a lot. There was another play too where it demonstrated how good the corners are playing. I mean, Denzel Ward had Odell Beckham Jr. blanketed multiple times today. Uh, there was a play where Baker, you know, took the snap, took about a two-step drop, padded the ball like he was about to go deep, looked to Odell like he knew he wanted to throw it to him on a go down the sideline, and then pulled it down because he realized. Ward was all over him. So I think it's a total defensive effort from the front four all the way to the safeties. And it's something that you should be encouraged by. J.C. Treader did make a good point that the defensive line thinks they'll get an advantage when they put the pads on, but really, the offensive linemen think it's going to be their advantage because... Right now, when you don't have pads on, they're wearing these tight jerseys, they're sweaty, you can't get much of a hold on them, and you can't get very physical with them because you don't have the proper equipment to do so, so you can't really assert yourself as an offensive lineman, and you're more of a receiving-the-blow guy instead of delivering the blow. Now, conversely, defensive linemen can't really bull rush very much without pads on, so they're going to have that at their disposal, and let me tell you, I wouldn't want to be the guy who catches a Sheldon Richardson bull rush in the chest, so it could even out there, but... But, yeah, definitely a great effort from all parts of the defense
3: so far, and they're definitely winning so far. And not to mention Olivier Vernon, one of our players today, said that that is a strong beep about Mr. (laughs) Vernon.
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) All right, question number two. Gribble, we'll start with you. Your most surprising takeaway from the first two days.
1: You know, I'll, I'll go with uh, – I might be stealing Nick's thunder with this, but I, I've been surprised that the Damon Sheehy-Giuseppe story is continuing to unfold before <laughs> our eyes. Yeah. We all knew about this guy as a threat, as a returner, but in his opportunities he's getting out there, he's making plays. And I, I get that this is an early takeaway, but, like, I, I still think he's a long shot to to get on this team, especially in a deep wide receiver room, but – uh, making the plays that he's doing is only going to help. And I, I think that we all knew he had speed, but what he's showing is an ability to catch the ball and get open. And I think that was the big unknown with him because we knew he was a threat as a returner, which honestly I, I've been more impressed with him as a pass catcher than anything I've seen as a returner so far.
3: Yeah, day one he had a stretch where with the third team, three straight completions to him. And then today when Higgins came out of some of the first team reps, he went in and it was Sheehy with OBJ and Landry as the three wide receivers. And I was, wait, what? There was one play on the sideline that happened today where Robert Jackson looked like he was almost waiting to intercept the pass because he was so deep and she, he literally ran him over and jumped up and caught the ball. And (laughs) he's playing like a guy to me. It's one thing I knew he could run past people, right? You knew he had speed, but when he just out physicaled somebody to me, that said it's the desire he has. He's playing like a guy who knows this is probably his one shot to ever do this. And he is going, he will not be denied. At least that's the mentality. And that one, a tough day for Robert Jackson for a variety of reasons overall. But that play in particular, I thought Sheehy looked really good.
2: Yeah, you know, it's funny. You talk about him... Out physicaling a guy. This is a guy who was eating maybe two square meals a day before he got, right before he got the tryout with this team and, and landed here. So you can see the the benefits of having three or four months in an NFL weight program and also a nutritional program. I mean, this is a guy who flew home with his pads on and flew back to Hopkins with his pads <laughs> on. on. the craziest I mean, things I've ever hung seen. on his luggage as he's walking through Hopkins are his shoulder pads. This is how serious it is. If you if you follow him on Instagram, he's up at three two a.m. Uh, you know, on Bosu balls, catching footballs, doing all kinds of stuff with his helmet on. I mean, he's going to the end of the earth to try to make the most of this, and it's really fun to watch him when you're on the field because if you're standing close enough, you can hear him grunting because he's trying so hard. Like he's as he runs his route, you hear the <laughs> before he goes and makes a cut. Sometimes he runs himself out of a route because he's going so fast and so hard. So you really have to admire the uh, the effort that he's putting forth, and so far it's creating some nice plays for him. All right. Shook
0: anything that big surprising takeaway? My big surprising
2: takeaway is probably just the amount of reps and touches that have been given to Duke Johnson so far. And obviously he's earned them. He's an a talented player, but I just thought, you know, with the amount of running backs that you have on this roster, and Kareem Hunt has not participated, so that's helped a little bit, but, I mean, they are feeding Duke Johnson the football so much, you know, in both running the ball and in the passing game. Nick Chubb got some good looks today, so that kind of evened out in the passing game, which he's been awesome as well. Uh, catching the football looks much better and much more improved better. than last yeah. year, which we kind of knew that going into this based on what they had done in minicamp camp in OTAs, but he, Duke Johnson was even back there returning kicks today. I mean, he's he's all over the field, and and it's not lip service from uh, you know, from John Dorsey and Freddie Kitchens. They are going to find an important role for him on this team. So that's been a bit of a surprise for me. So
3: girl. The biggest surprise to me, honestly, and maybe it shouldn't have been, was that you know, we talk about some of the competitions here, there, whatever. I had kind of thought that there would be more of a competition when this team went to a three-receiver set, or maybe not even a competition, but there would be a rotation depending on what they wanted to do. If it was more of a vertical-oriented play and you wanted more speed, obviously the Callaway would be out there. And if you wanted, you know, the precision, the route running, the hands, et cetera, it would be Hollywood Higgins. But thus far, uh, I do not believe Callaway's received a single rep with the first team, no. and Higgins has worked exclusively with the first team. And I think uh, you you were texting me earlier today made a great point. Freddie Kitchens in his press conference really, I think, answered why that is. He said, I like guys who are where they're supposed to be, when they're supposed to be. And by the way, when you throw him the ball, he catches it. And uh, we've seen two that I can count for sure mental mistakes from Callaway in the first two days of practice where he didn't make the right hot adjustment and one almost led directly to what would have been a pick six, but Greedy dropped it in the first day from Drew Stanton. Uh, it, it, that's Hollywood's job. And I think Callaway is immensely talented, and maybe this is something where they weren't pleased with the way that if he wasn't in shape or what I don't know what it is. I'm speculating uh, baselessly, really, to be honest with you. But at this far, I did not expect it to be the top three receivers are, we knew Beckham and Landry, but Higgins and not, Callaway's not in that mix as of two days into camp.
1: But well, I think that's, but the, to go on why Higgins is starting, this is what the guys had to do his whole career he has had to do things exactly the right way and be in the right place at the right time because he's not the most athletically gifted wide receiver. Not the biggest guy, not the fastest guy, but he gets open and finds ways to, to put up numbers. He did it in college as one of the best receivers in college football, but that's why he went in the fifth round because he w- didn't have the the trips. gifts that, that that some of these other guys have. But a, a guy that is, that is similar to that in the NFL who is now doing really well, That I, I don't want to say this is a lofty comparison, but it's something I think he should strive for, is like a Robert Woods for mm-hmm. the for the Rams. I mean, similar type of guys and that can good possession receivers. And I think Higgins, this is a, a big year for him. It's contract year. I mean, I think that 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 all plays into it and he's played really well so far.
2: Yeah, he's definitely looked really good so far. Better than I even expected in this camp. And obviously we're only two days in, but he's made some really nice catches and he just looks some guys come into camp, they don't quite look prepared for it physically or mentally. He looks very prepared for this camp in
0: both departments, and I think it's going to bode well for him. More importantly, he's confident. Well, and there's I think, a lot of yeah, confidence in yep. that young man.
3: I think you go back to last year and Baker being with the twos. Rashard Higgins was the guy. I mean, we, it, that was one of the huge storylines in camp last year was Baker and Rashard Higgins, yep. and now as Baker ascended, you know, Hollywood's ascended with him, and I think it's clearly it's a great thing, and I hope personally because. When you do speak of gifts, Antonio Callaway has a ton of them, and hopefully this lights a fire under him to do everything he can to capitalize on those gifts because I think he does have a chance to be a special receiver in this league. Hollywood Higgins right now is a professional receiver in this league, and I think that's the difference. That's an excellent way to describe that.
0: All right, final one here in our little roundtable. Shook, we'll start with you. Stock up, step up. Give me one player whose stock is up through two days, one player who might need to pick it up a little bit. You know, I want to go
2: offensive line, and I want to say Eric Cush, but I said that yesterday, so we're going to go uh, <laughs> outside of that realm. And I'll I'll honestly give this to Jalen Strong. You know, we just talked a lot about Rashard Higgins and how well he's played, but Jalen Strong spent a lot of time remaking his body since he suffered his ACL injury, which kept him out of the football entirely last year. And he's worked on it a lot in since he joined the Browns. And he's had a decent camp so far. I mean, there's been multiple times where passes have been thrown to him in pretty tight windows or a defensive back is on him, and he's made some nice plays. He's not a name that you're going to pull out, but I think um, just in sitting back and watching the offense go, you know, he's not in with the first team. But when he does get his opportunities, he's made the most of them so far through two practices.
3: Segura. Stock up. Stock up and step up. Stock up. I mean, I think the easy answer probably for all of us is Greedy Williams. Right. So I'm not going to focus too much on him because the highlights speak for themselves. And I know that the coaches are pleased with him. So I'm going to say two guys who were draft picks of this organization from the U. One is Chad Thomas, who I think looks to be in much better condition than he was a year ago. Um, and has been making some plays, generating some pressure off the edge, uh, working kind of with that second team. Sometimes it's he and Jannard Avery, sometimes him and Chris Smith, sometimes he's been with the third team, but he's made plays. The other one's Sheldrick Redwine, and and I think he's going to be a big special teams player this year, but you can just see the instincts that he has, his ability to close and break on the ball, and there have been two. One, he broke on it so quickly, he actually overran it and missed the interception because he was – he had jumped it too well, and the second one where he got the right when the ball got there and broke it up. But I thought he, they've looked really good. Step up, I mean, it's it's, it's early, two days not, in camp, yeah. but I'll just say the offense. I think the defense has won the first two days. We all agreed with that in the first segment. So I want to see the offense. The pads come on, you know, impose their will a little bit on this excellent defense.
1: Gribble, I'm going with another guy for the U for stock up, and that's David Njoku. I, today was, I mean, that Great he day. he was the target today. I mean, in the in the red zone. Every single time, it wasn't Odell, it wasn't Jarvis, it was Baker going to Njoku every single time. He, they were great throws, they were great catches, yep. and that's what you need from him. I know he had some drops on the first day of practice that happens, but if, you, if it's, it's the ones in the, the end zone that I'm most concerned about, and he did that very well. I mean, that's his physical traits. I mean, Jarvis and Odell are fantastic receivers. They're not the biggest guys and th- this, is, this is where his skill set could really pay dividends as a, as a guy that can get you touchdowns inside the 20-yard line. My step-up is going to be Sione Taki. I think when you get mentioned by the head coach as someone that maybe needs to, to learn how to practice and, and manage your contact, I think the coaches understand that this guy's a fierce competitor, hard hitter. But even when you get the pads on, you got to remember these are your teammates. And I think that that's – I think they're going to have some control periods. But for a guy that's looking to get a, a starting spot, they're going to understand and respect your ability to to make contact at practice. But if you keep maybe annoying, <laughs> annoying players, guys like that, it's going to hurt your ability to compete for a job.
2: I forgot about my step-up. I was going to say. say yeah. Sorry. No, uh, I didn't want to segment. shortchange you, buddy. <laughs> no, I think my step-up is uh, second-team right tackle uh, Kendall Lamb, who's new to the Browns. Um, you can tell very much in in his play style that he's an excellent run blocker. But when I say step up, I just I need him to have slightly quicker feet in the passing game. You know, I just these are some good defensive ends that the Browns are putting out there, and it's going to be a test for him. And hopefully, over the course of training camp, he's able to improve in that area. But right now, I, you know, it's something that I think he could work on. When you
3: think about the fact that the defensive ends that we trot out there, so you start with Garrett and Vernon. The second team has been kind of. At some point, it's been Jannard Avery, who we all know can get to the quarterback, and Chris Smith, who's proven he can get to the quarterback throughout his NFL career. Sometimes Chad Thomas is in there, and sometimes Zettel's in there. Zettel's two years removed from having six and a half sacks in the NFL as a starting defensive end for the Lions, and he's with the third team a lot of the time. I mean, those tackles at all three units are going to be pushed day in and day out, and I think it should only make them better when we actually hit the regular season, which is a good thing.
0: I think it's nice that in terms of our step-up guys, we're talking about younger guys. We're talking about guys that we're not talking about a quarterback. We're not talking about skill positions. We're, we're talking about, you know again, what we talked about yesterday, maybe the back end of that roster yeah. more than anything else. Z, a pleasure. Oh, it's been great, guys. Thrilled to be here. We'll have you back in a few days, buddy. Awesome. Looking All forward right. to it. Thanks again to Nathan Zagura for stopping by as we recap the first two days of training camp here on the best podcast available with Gibbs, Gribbs, and Shook. Time now for our sound bites. We kick things off. Here's center J.C. Treader talking about the Browns' defense
1: and not the offense. They throw a lot at you, and I think that's going to be tough for other teams to, to figure out what they're doing. They do a great job of disguising and moving around and, and getting in different positions. Um, so it's been good for us because obviously we have to go against that. So we end up seeing everything. Uh, we go up against everything. We have to have an answer for everything. Um, so they're they're not a team that's just going to sit in their their base defense and just bring the same three. They're not going to just rotate three calls over and over again. They're gonna they're gonna keep throwing stuff at you and find where your weak spot is.
0: Guys, Treder said it. This is they're giving them multiple looks. They're not playing base defense. Two days in, they're already seeing a lot of different formations, and. I, I, one can only expect that Steve Wilkes is just going to continue to feed these guys a lot more. And this offense is really going to get tested by this defense.
1: Yeah. And it's, 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 it gets overlooked. Like Freddie Kitchens likes to say that the, the defense is installing new stuff as well. And I think you got a new defensive coordinator and Steve Wilkes. You also, for a guy like Treder, you got two new faces that you're seeing on every play. And that's Olivier Vernon and Sheldon Richardson, who are two pro bowl players that have been added to this defensive line. I mean, this is, as much as like they, we won't know the difference between the offensive defense line when pads come on. It's clear that they are going up against a better unit on every play, and I think Jarvis Landry alluded it to as well with seeing three safeties out there. That's throwing uh, them off as well because they're not used to seeing that. You're gonna, it, it, they're gonna get used to it eventually. But it, it, this is a good thing to know. I mean, this uh, as much as we want to see touchdowns on every play. Uh, it, it might be a good thing that we're seeing some offensive confusion as well because it means the defense is doing its job.
2: And look, let's, let's make no mistake here. There's a reason that Steve Wilkes was hired as the head coach in Arizona you know, before last season and, and got the exposure that he needed to ascend to that role. I mean, he's a good defensive coordinator. He's got an active role with this defense. He's on the field. He's running around with them. He's shouting orders. He's getting them all in line so that they understand what to do. And I'll tell you what, for two days of training camp, you can tell that they've done a heck of a job preparing these guys for what they're doing defensively because there are very few mistakes made. Guys seem to be very in sync at every level of the defense, and I think it's paying off for them right now as we you know, head toward putting the pads on.
0: It's like a run game coordinator, though. There's a passing game coordinator yeah. on the defensive side of the football. There's so much coaching going on by guys that have a lot of history and a lot of success and you know, in credit
2: credit Freddie for putting together the staff. I mean, th- this is a staff that, that works well together so far and, and is putting together a good product uh, on the field. And we're seeing the defensive, uh, I guess, uh, the, the fruit of their defensive labor so
0: far. And we wait for the offense to catch up. All right. Sound bite number two, Freddie Kitchens today talking about a pitch count for his guys.
4: The NFL does a tremendous job of giving you information from the standpoint of when most injuries occur and most injuries occur in the first five days of training camp and if you want to extend it even more it's the first eight to ten days of training camp so you know we're trying to be conscious of that Uh, a lot of these guys there's only one way to get in football condition and that's actually playing football Uh, I don't really care what they've done until they put pads on and they start running routes on a consistent basis and getting in huddle and running more routes. They never build endurance and the difference between endurance and being in shape is continuing to play over and over and over and over again continuing to play plays and not coming out. That's how you build endurance and once you have endurance you can eliminate injuries so uh, yes a bunch of our guys are on kind of quasi uh, pitch counts right now just from the standpoint of we understand that that's the most uh, immediate threat to injury is these first five to eight days.
0: A lot is made at year in and year out. Soft tissue, soft tissue, soft tissue. But again, these are the things that you have to do, but there's guys not sitting out. That's my big takeaway from it. You see guys on the bikes, but there's no, there's no one actually sitting out. Guys are still practicing. They might not practice as much. They might not be in as, in as many plays, but they're still out there, they're in uniform, they're participating.
1: Yeah, and that could change. I mean, we're only two days in. Sure. I mean, there might be some some days where some guys are off to the side completely, but we'll see. But uh, we all remember the the clip from Hard Knocks where Freddie wanted his guys at least out there. Yep. And I think that that's uh, probably something that we'll continue to see. But, you know, the science is right. We've already seen one soft tissue injury. Damon Ratley is out with a hamstring injury right now. And when Freddie Kitchens was asked about it after practice, it wasn't as if – It sounded like he's coming back tomorrow. Uh, This could be a little bit. When you're a wide receiver, you need your hamstring. And, you know, it's a lot of these skill player guys. So, it's all. I think the the first five days are the most nerve-wracking, I imagine, from a coach's standpoint when it comes to injuries because it's where you see these around the league. We saw our former wide receiver, Corey Coleman, down with a torn ACL uh, today you see uh, Shepard, it wasn't a soft tissue but hurt his thumb and jj wilcox from the falcons out for the year i mean these are the these this is where you see these injuries kind of happen is right at the beginning when the body isn't ready for it so you know this is just this is what it is and i think fans that are maybe of the old school mentality it, it's not going back
2: you, you can't no matter how much training you do there's no way that you can properly prepare yourself for the intensity of these practices you can try to ramp up and kind of build up that way but a if you do it too much you're going to tire your body out and exhaust yourself and then you're going to get here and you're going to deal with fatigue related issues or you're not going to perform as well and you might be out of a job and b if if you if you don't build up to that point then you know you get caught in a situation where maybe you just didn't stretch enough or something like that a small thing could go wrong And, and a hamstring is something that You can't just, you know, take a few days off and it's going to be fine. Those are tricky injuries. They tend to crop back up. It's something that you really have to be slow with getting back to the field with. So it's a concerning one, but at the same time, you know, it's a good point that those guys are still out there. You know, we go out to practice every morning, and you see Kareem Hunt working off to the side, you know, kind of trying to get that groin back together and ready to go. You know, it's it's important, I think, for guys to be out there with their teammates, even if they can't participate, even if it's there to just kind of chat with them on the sideline, but also to be on top of what has been installed or what has been uh, worked on in a day of practice or who's done well, who's done poorly, because depending on who is the person who's injured or or whatever, um, you know. It, depending on who it is, they could offer maybe some veteran leadership or some insight or something. It's you need your team together in these moments because this is where you come down to that final 53 and you really build that team. And to have a guy stay inside or something while practice is going on, it's just not it's not conducive for that.
0: All right, two days where we've played touch football. Time to put the pads on. Here's what Freddie had to say about that.
4: I'm very excited about getting the pads on because the game of football is played with pads. So. Um, We had not had the pads on in a long time, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. There won't be anything like the siren period, uh, but we will have some tackling. I don't know if we'll go to the ground, but our running backs will get hit. Um, Our quarterbacks will not get hit, and if they do, you'll see some more of that running. Um, But, yeah, I mean, we'll we'll have some full contact.
0: So Freddie Kitchens is excited, to say the least. We're all excited about the pads coming on. What are our reasonable expectations here for the first two days of pads Saturday and I would assume on
1: Sunday as well? Well, we learned there's no more siren periods. That's a change. It that's, was, that's it was pretty direction. obvious. Yeah, was, yeah. Uh, he made that pretty clear. I mean, it's, it'll, it'll be exciting. I mean, I, I don't. he promised a physical camp, but then there's, there's different philosophies on how much you really are going to hit. He uh, didn't commit to tackling to the ground. So I mean we'll we'll see. I mean this is this is his first campus head coach. He's the one that gets to make the, these final decisions. So I I truly don't have an inkling one way or the other. I I would prefer Odell Beckham not get hit ever. So I I would I would like to avoid that. Uh, but yeah, I mean this is kind of a wait and see. This will be a first for everyone.
2: Yeah, I think you made a good point um, in the last you know discussion, which was about the first five days being the most nerve wracking. Well, of those five days, the last three are in pads. So this is where it really gets nerve wracking because. Of the issues that we just discussed, but on the flip side, it's exciting because a the first crack of pads is just a beautiful sound. It's like the crack of a ball and a bat. It's it's a it's a wonderful <laughs> sound to it's hear. So excited to hear the snap and then everybody hit. It's it's there's nothing like it. It's fantastic. It's why football is the greatest sport in the world. But uh, there's also the the first day of hitting that gets everybody excited. It's it's they talk about how arrivals to camp is like the first day of school. The first day of hitting is like the first real time you can get involved. You, you can really let loose, let it out, and, and, and maybe deliver a blow to someone you've been wanting to hit for a long time. Even though they're wearing the same colors as you, there might be some you know personal rivalries or whatever. You're just, you know, the offensive line talking about going against the defensive line and that, that competition. This is the first time you really get to go full go and you don't have to let up anymore. Sione Takitaki is probably going to love it tomorrow when he puts the pads on and can actually hit somebody instead of having to pull up, which he's had to learn how to do on the fly. But it's... It's like a holiday. I think for, for like the real football diehards, the first day of pads in camp is like a holiday, and, it, and it's going to help show us a lot about this football team that we've not been able to see so far, and it's also going to kind of pull back the curtain on the uh, quote-unquote physical practices that Freddie has been talking about. It's going to get real physical. It's going to get real intense, and it's going to be a lot of fun to watch.
0: And I think he's going to keep them out there, as he said, until they get it right. Yeah, Forget about going 10 to noon in a, in a specific time frame. It's going to... It's going to be interesting, and the heat's going to play a factor. Tomorrow it's going up.
2: Yep, and we're going to find out, too, you know, when, when you're playing in, in jerseys and shorts, and you catch a ball on the flat or whatever, and there's a defender there, he's going to tap you, and, and you run past him, keep running, whatever, you know, another 10, 15, 20 yards. We're going to find out now how far those plays are actually going to go and who can make tackles in space, and that's an important part of any football team, and especially
0: for this team. Gentlemen, let's get down to business pads come on tomorrow we'll recap it for you after it happens after the players talk after freddie talks on the best podcast available make sure uh, you can listen to us at clevelandbrowns.com or wherever you get your podcast for andrew gribble for nick shook i'm jason gibbs this has been the best podcast available